Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Musician's Mentor Podcast. My name is Travis Mark, I'll be your host, and today we're talking with a very good friend of mine, Mr. Wes Walker. Wes is a multi-instrumentalist, producer, songwriter, singer, he does it all. Uh, he also builds guitars, which, let me tell you, they're incredible. Um, and we really barely touched the surface in this interview. Um, Wes has produced bands like the Florida Georgia Line. He tours and is a kind of revolving member with um, singer-songwriter Peyton Smith. We've played a bunch of uh, club gigs together with Paggy Prime and Southern Soul down here in New Orleans. Um, he's just a cool dude, man. And what I like about him is he thinks a lot further than just playing a gig, um, which we talk about a lot in this interview. Wes and I um, bonded over some sort of motivational stuff um, outside of gigs, and we've had many discussions about just musician life. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Wes Walker. Hey, dude. How's it going? Hey, hey, how's it going, Travis? Good, man. How you doing? Good, man. I uh, Hopefully this cell phone signal is going to work better at this point. Yeah, that sounds way better already. Yeah. So, so cool. I think it'll be great, you know? Cool. Um, so, Wes, we were on the phone a little bit earlier just discussing what we kind of may or may not talk about during this thing. And uh, as discussed with you already, the idea behind this whole thing is to kind of just share some insights or some mindsets about the music industry and the music business and, you know, discuss maybe some ups and downs, um, just some tips or survival tips, if you will, um, for musicians who are trying to sort of implement different things within their careers or maybe up and comers who are trying to become musicians, full-time musicians or, or anything like that. So before we get going, um, just so whoever might be listening to this has a, a better idea of where you're coming from. Could you maybe just give us a, a quick little summary about who you are, what you do, maybe a couple things you've done, what you're currently up to, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, cool. Well, uh, so, you know, I, I pretty, pretty well started playing music, um, uh, at a, at a kid age, you know, as a child, I was, um, I was playing in a band. My mother you know, sang in, um, at the age of like 10 to 12 years old. And there was some traveling involved and, uh, you know, um, around the United States and that sort of thing. So that kind of gave me a, a pretty good inclination that, Hey, I can, um, uh, I can use my talent and be happy and do these things and feel like I'm growing at a very young age. And of course, later than you know way later than that i figured out about monetizing that and so i personally i had a, a kind of a ramp into being a musician you know with what was fostered uh from uh, you know uh, my my parents so uh but you know that that kind of put me in a special spot because at the time that you know as a kid you don't you don't really have to uh you know pay bills and things like that so my situation was just kind of you know let me know that i this is something i really want to do something i'm good at 
all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, later in life, you start having to pay for things, <laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, and keep that kind of thing going. So, you know, I did go kind of full on into music. I went to college. Uh, I graduated, I was homeschooled. I graduated at 16 years old, went to a uh, local state college here at 16 for music. And, uh, I guess probably after a couple of semesters of that, um, I never forget my, my professor, uh, you know, he's got a doctor's degree, uh, you know, uh, and master's degree in this and doctor's degree in that and this and that, and, you know, she was, you know, my professor in music and she's calls me in to, um, her office about, uh, 10 minutes before class started. And she, she asked me what it was that I wanted to do with the degree. And, and I said, well, you know, like I just, kind of headed on this musical path you know uh it was it was supported you know uh and kind of kind of fired up with my mother singing in a band and um and and all that kind of thing so i just want to do music for a living and this is what i know to do to solidify me a place in the music industry and she said well unless you want to do what i'm doing teaching at a college uh and or a few a handful of other things you know as far as traditionally you know playing uh symphony uh type thing or orchestra or uh, you know that type of deal maybe you should consider just going play music for a living you know um and start in some bar rooms or you know i'm 16 years old and i have a 55 year old plus 55 plus year old woman telling me this it was almost in one point in life, the adults are telling me to cut the corners and just go for it. And I had to, I was left to sort of figure that out. Um, as an adult, what that really meant. And, um, so, you know, my, my early, early situation with music was kind of built in, you know, playing in a church setting, uh, play some really great music in, in church setting, you know, um, a lot of gospel stuff growing up in South Louisiana near New Orleans, you know, the flavors and all that were pretty awesome. So fast forward, you know, uh, get married first time, uh, at the age of 20. Now I have bills to pay and someone else to keep after and still doing some, um, some pretty big things in, you know, Christian music and, and then, um, you know, starting to go into a bunch of sessions and things like that, uh, that were actually paying. And, uh, it kind of just went on from there. I think I realized getting sort of an early start that I wanted to be a record producer, you know, and, uh, I don't really want to be a player, just, just a player. you know, I want to make music, but, I'll, you know, formulating, um, you know, records and songs and how they sound and what they're going to be like, who's going to be on it, all that kind of thing. And uh, long story shorter, I think that, uh, you know, when I moved to, to Nashville, I've been in Nashville now for, I guess, between 15 and 20 years. I've lived there for 15 years, um, you know, and, and working in the, the country markets and, and things and producing independent records um, it just, you know, I, it, it kind of put me in a spot where I had choices to make regarding, do I want to go down the traditional route of, I need to know this person. I need to know this person, I need to know that person, uh, versus 
you know, some of this music I'm making really just doesn't fill my soul, <laughs> you yeah. know. And and from an artist standpoint, I would say that um, it really kind of um, my earlier musical experiences with touring as a kid, I wasn't aware of those things. So all of that to say, as far as music goes, um, you know, I've, I've kind of done a, a wide scope of things uh, as a musician and as a producer and that kind of thing. But learning point A, where you are right now and understanding realistically what point B you would really like it to be, that kind of tells you what, what it is you have to do. And the whole way through that is finding things that move you because, um, you know, I was having a conversation with the artist. I just finished a record with earlier regarding, um, this guy, uh, was a professional drummer. He's touring internationally and he decides that he, uh, you know, wants to have a family and he laid down touring and got a day gig that was at a music, music store, still playing bar gigs and clubs and things and nothing wrong with any of that. But he, he found something solid, you know, and, um, that would pay, pay him to be able to stay home and still be able to play music and that kind of thing. And fast forward a long time later, uh, up until him and I cut this record recently and he's a 52 year old guy that's teaching school uh you know teaching at a high school the drum line and he's playing gigs and um and he's making some great music but just not really filled up with it and so i think that uh i think that once we started recording his original music for the first time ever uh that um that really he felt was a good representation of himself it's sort of cut himself he sort of cut himself off from playing the bar gigs mm. because uh his point his point b was happening you know yeah and so uh so anyway um you know i just thought that was really universal and interesting you know and so i say that uh in comparison to his story and where i started off you know i've i've been really blessed to be able to work with some of the artists that i worked with in nashville I mean, I was able to, uh, uh, you know, through friendship and relationships, which is totally key, um, you know, produced Florida Georgia Line, a country uh, duo, uh, produced their very first uh, independent release, which led them to, you know, some cuts, Jason Aldean in 2012, and a couple other things, uh, certainly not taking any credit, but, you know, in, in this sort of sort of situation um you know i wind up doing some of those things and some other uh great records that you know are still bringing royalties without going on to name names you know and that kind of thing and you know some of those things were musically filling to the soul as, as i said a while ago and some of them were just kind of a paycheck and i think that sort of where i figured out i would like to be is um things that move me seem to be uh you know things that i want to be a part of more regular than just go and make money on a gig because playing music in front of people on a stage one of the biggest blessings that i think that is like a light clicked on if i am on a stage in front of 150 people in a club versus 50,000 people in an arena show if my head is not 
you know, of uh, my, my thought process and, and uh, my focus is not based off of me being here on this stage with these musicians. Cause I love making this music with these musicians that, you know, the crowd shouldn't matter. And, and, and when I, the times that I did let that matter and, and affect me in uh, my performance, that was when I, you know, you listen back to the, listen back to the recordings of those things it's like ah you know i kind of screwed this up here or you know i didn't really do this there what am i doing all this kind of stuff so yeah. i would definitely you know sticking sticking with opportunities even right from the jump that you know getting a radar on what moves you you know yeah you got to trust your instincts you know i yeah. mean there's so many things we could go into from what you sort of just spoke about so i want to kind of just dig away at some of that stuff before we get further so sure. a couple things. I know you, you spend your time sort of between Nashville, Tennessee and Louisiana. Um, yes. So I was going to, you obviously grew up in Louisiana. You covered that. What was the first instrument you started playing? Because I know, like myself, you're a multi-instrumentalist. And listen, uh, I, I know that people use that term lightly. You and, I've, you and I have had many discussions about the multi-instrumentalist thing. And it's, it's quite funny because people will see you in the role of whatever instrument it is you're playing on that particular gig and suddenly it gets assumed that that's all you do. And then, you know, sometimes to break away from that, uh, maybe break away is the wrong term, but they don't sort of think that you can actually play these other instruments. And now I've done gigs with you. I mean, you're, you're an incredible bass player. You're an incredible guitarist. I've never actually seen you drum, but I've heard you're an incredible drummer. I've heard songs you've written. Um, you're, you're obviously a, a great all-rounder. What was the first one you started on? And what drums. led you to try yeah. and do all the others, you know? Oh, and then I'm also a singer. So, you know, uh, I had a conversation the other day uh, with someone that's like, you know, hey, how do, how do you play guitar like that? And, you know, kind of trying to read in the, to answer them specifically what they're specifically asking me. Um, you know, it seemed like how do you play guitar like that was not how do you play so fast or how do you play slide that well and that kind of thing. It was basically, you know, I started with drums, which is sort of meter, you know, time, yeah. uh, math behind it. And then having, you know, the singing thing and uh, songwriting thing, it sort of gives me the notes. Um, and so that sort of puts me on, on the path of, you know, why I play guitar, but to, to answer you a, a little more direct, um, you know, I played drums first. I was playing drums in the, the band with my mom that was, uh, you know, we were touring with that. And, um, I actually moved on to bass guitar next. And I think that sort of opened, opened the door for me with understanding the, the, uh, the placement on guitar and notes and chord cording and all that kind of thing. And actually guitar was sort of last because, um, I say last uh, as far as like a core group of bass, guitar, drums, you know, piano. Um, so, you know, drums, bass, guitar, piano. I started to learn a lot about, you know, cording and voicing and that kind of thing. And then guitar next. But uh, all that to say, um, I, I think just uh, having a love for making music, not playing music and regurgitating it, but having a early love for making and manufacturing, you know, um, music is is sort of where where i started all that of course later on i was able to use that professionally and get better at it because of uh 
you know, what is good versus what is different. You know, I've just more opportunities and more situations allowed me to kind of expound on all those things and really takes paying attention to the song and setting music free versus what lick I can do so cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And again, I think you and I have had a couple of discussions about that, but you know, maybe, maybe that's the, the benefit of, you know, trying to pick up another instrument, you know, it, it definitely, I mean, I remember when I first started playing guitar, I mean, I only started playing guitar a couple of months after I picked up the, the drumsticks. So they're very close, you know, I've been playing them for the same sort of amount of time, but people used to say to me, oh, you should try and play a melodic instrument, you know, it'll, it'll make you a better drummer. And there was a part of my brain, I mean, I was a kid, so there was a part of my brain that was like, ah, uh, yeah, whatever, man, I want to spend more time on drums. But in hindsight, I'm so glad I did, because like you say, it, it opens up these, these different channels. And if you then fast forward to your sort of production vocation, if you, if you want to use that term, it's kind of like, what I've always liked about it is, you know, not so much when I'm a sideman in, in people's bands, you know, I, I know my role, I, I kind of just do what I'm expected to do, but in bands that I've led or when I am in studio and, you know, have the opportunity to work on somebody's song or, or something, they want my opinion, the, the benefit of just having that little bit of extra knowledge, even if it's not multiple instruments, I, I kind of feel like it just allows you to understand where the melodic instruments are coming from if you're a rhythm player or if you're a melodic player where the rhythm is coming from if you've maybe spent a bit of time, you know. So would you say how easy was the transition from you from player to producer? I mean, you were talking about you kind of started to figure out you wanted to do things that moved you. So when did you get your first production sort of gig? How old were you? Were you nervous? And how did you get it? Uh, you know, I wasn't uh, to, to, to go right to the nervous thing. I, I don't think that the situation that I was in would have allowed me to be nervous because it was very grassroots and it was, you know, a church I was, I was, um, you know, um, playing music at, there was a studio there. No one is small town. No one really knew about it. I became interested enough to dive into that and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I, that also later taught me that, um, you know, being nervous is not going to do anything, but be distracting. You know, it's like, a you know, you learn a lesson and the light clicks on what the lesson is later on, you know, type of thing. But, my first, I think my first recordings, uh, as a, as producing, uh, as a producer, not professionally, but, you know, as a novice was probably 14, 15, 16, those, those ages kind of starting to mess with the buttons and figure out the gear and all that kinds of stuff. Cool. And, um, you know, transitioning as, as a, um, as a professional producer, I, th I believe I got my first paid, uh, producing gig, uh, when I was maybe 18, 19 years old, and uh, it was absolutely terrible. Everything I had learned, all the heart that I was putting in it, you, I can listen back to it today and think to myself, man, I really got distracted with how cool is this studio? Who am I recording with? Uh, they're, they're looking to me as this wearing this hat, you know, and, and, uh, and so, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing that I think that I learned was, um, you know, I, I'll use that term setting music free again, 
um, you know, not standing in the way with with guitar licks or drum licks or whatever, but, you know, creating music in general is kind of what makes those recordings really, you know, uh, I guess, fill my soul and everyone's else, you know, everyone else's soul. That was part of it, you know, touch you and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it was a couple of years of uh, having to pay folks to mix records that I had recorded and that the whole there's a whole gauntlet of things that come with that like uh you know who engineered the record that would have been me capturing the sounds well you send that to a mix guy and then he that's what he has to work with and uh i wasn't super great at it in the beginning you know and luckily um luckily i was able to work with some engineers that that did mixing that kind of was able to um you know, shine the light on capturing good, clean sounds and what are you using and being aware of early reflections and things like that and not playing too much and covering up the vocal. You know, if you're covering up the vocal, you're covering up the lyrics, you know, and all that sort of thing. But the transition was, uh, the transition is, I like to think of it as still happening. Yeah. Really, in a way, because, um, you know, music in, in, uh, in general is like a language it's like a form of communication it, you would be surprised how many people understand the language but can't speak the language so those who can speak it um you know kind of have to kind of have to focus on sticking to the basics really you know uh chick korea incredible musician you know uh so many out there but you know chick korea the you know fusion jazz and all this kind of stuff is not for the everyday listener even though it's such beautiful music you yeah. know it kind of takes uh, an understanding to to really understand it you know it's like uh tasting fine wine if you give that to some, give fine wine to someone that's doesn't know what fine wine should taste like they're gonna probably think it doesn't taste that great yeah you know and, and that type of thing. So, you know, versus uh, somebody like LeVon Helm, you know, LeVon Helm, uh, you know, uh, in, in his solo career is very down to earth and story driven. And, you know, it's, it's uh, lyrical, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I think that, um, I don't know, you know, I think that, that, uh, being able to pay attention to some key factors like, you know, who's the audience um, that's going to be listening to your music. You can't really, you, re you really kind of don't get a chance to, to choose that uh, outside of who you're going to give it to or try and sell it to at a show and that kind of, kind of thing. So being very universal minded about, okay, so I wrote this song or I wrote a song that an artist is gonna gonna cut, and I'm gonna produce the song or whatever. Um, I think that that just makes so much sense to to be thinking about how not to cover it up, you know. And that really helped my transition into being a professional record producer. Um, and it and it and it, uh, you know, even in a monetary since it it uh it put me in a gaining position because you know look you know anyone that listens to this is going to have more elements to pick up on and use uh you know for um for really digging it you know really enjoying it and being able to sit there and listen to the whole album not just 
part of a song. Okay, next part of a song. Okay, next. Okay, yeah, good job, Wes. You know. Yeah. That, yeah. That makes so sense. yeah, the the tr- transitioning thing. I think that uh, if you're not continually transition into a, uh, you know, um, not continually transitioning, you know, into something better and and um, better meaning, it, it you know. It, um, yeah, just constant, guess, constantly growing, you know, constantly yeah, trying to get better I, and Yeah, you kind of never make it to the top. I mean, regardless to how many how many ropes you climb and ring bells at the top and come down and get an award or have some royalties come in and that kind of thing. Um, I heard someone say once, how are you going to top the next album with this artist? And it's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're not topping anything, you know, it's just more, more communicating, more sharing, you know? Yeah. And again, to go back to, to something you mentioned when we first started, it's like, if it doesn't sort of touch your soul, it doesn't matter how great it is. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely been guilty in my life of hearing something that everybody around me thought was just genius. And at the time, I listened to it and I, I guess I didn't get it, but then I revisit later or at a different time, a different day, a, a different mind space, whatever it is. And I get it. And it's like, that can happen. I mean, it's happened with so many great records in history. It's like, there's some incredible records out there. Like you say, with the Chick Corea thing, you know, it's like some people, it's just not their bag, you know? So I think as long as you as a musician are, trying to grow and, and push forward and I'm not saying you've got to reinvent the wheel but like you know if you're being true to yourself and it moves you it's going to move somebody else too you, you, you yeah. might just you know like you say you've got no control over that you know it's might move millions it might move one but you, well, know, you just, know just be honest about it you know yeah it it, it kind of hits me like uh, and it's not the same thing for everything, but imagine if you are trying to console someone. I kind of pair that with a sad song that has a happy ending. In, in just one example, you know, um, it's a lot easier to console someone if you know that person and have known them for a long time. You know, some some back history and that kind of thing. You know, you can bring up. Uh, positive points. So let's say they lost some, someone to death. You know, you can you can uh, you can speak on some of those happy points and and uh, and be positive and kind of help pull them out of that funk. With the listener, you don't really have that background. With a new listener that's never heard of you before, you don't really have that background. So being very keen and tuned up on what it is that you are trying to do with your music is very key because, um, you know, you get the one shot really, um, unless they listen again and that's up to them, but you get that one shot to be very honest and very open and, and, and not cover anything up. And, um, you know, with, like I say, you know, so what if I could play, uh, you know, a thousand notes in a second on a guitar, that's really cool. But what does anyone take from that? Oh wow, that guy can play really fast, and he's a very accomplished musician. It doesn't really do anything other than have wow factor. Wow factor doesn't really stick. Like, man, you know, have you heard this song? You got to hear this song. 
you know, I know we lost our dad today, hypothetically speaking. I know we lost our dad today. And they play this song at their funeral. And it's, this song reminds me of them. Well, you know, this. what does this song remind me of them? Uh, why, why does it remind me of them? It's most likely the lyrics and not drumming or funky bass lines or, or whatever. So, you know, being kind of keyed into, um, you know, um, in your writing and then in the recording. I mean, you know, you can, there's been great, great, a great amount of really great songs that, you know, hindsight, I listen, I listen back to that. I recorded songs with artists as a record producer. And I feel like, man, you know, production kind of covered this up. It's, you sort of lose that factor. So, you know, um, connecting is really about getting out of the way and letting the song, you know, um, you know, to not be cliche, but let the song sort of speak what it was supposed to speak in the beginning and support that, yeah. you know? Yeah, let it do um, its thing. Yeah. I just uh, recorded a record with a guy, Troy Perkle, here in uh, Louisiana. Uh, known him for a long time, was very inspired by him as a young musician. I remember 16 years old, I walked into a place where I had never heard uh superstition played for the first time and you know a lot of people can have a have their initial opinion on that song it's not really like deep lyrics or whatever and that kind of thing but regardless song. <laughs> yeah it's a good song you know and um you know he was the way he was playing and singing it it was you know it's like it wasn't really in depth on the playing he wants to throw in drumsticks all over the kit everywhere you know but but yet there was something that really hit me about that and it was the fact that it was so simply played and it was about the song and all that kind of stuff and fast forward man you know uh 20 whatever years uh now i'm produce produced a record on him and and we were able to record his record in very much the same way and and it's very simple it's sounds and and um i can't take any credit for this this uh this uh this phrase but definitely there is something behind space between the notes is far more important than the notes themselves yeah and and you know every time i record a record that's what i'm looking for yeah you know you know this this space it is time to think because um someone can fire off a hundred lines of some really profound stuff and if they do it in a row they don't you don't remember line 49 yeah. I remember, you know, and so, um, so that's really important, um, to me and, and seemingly to a lot of, you know, accomplished musicians, you can tell when someone is feeling and operates accomplished, you know, under the feeling of being accomplished, they were able to say what it is they wanted to say and communicate because it's a language completely. And, and most times, you know, uh, those are, are people that have, a huge following because you know it uh the masses can grab onto that and understand it you know immediately yeah well you know um it's quite funny because when i was a kid and and i'm learning all these licks and trying to practice all these chops and these fancy impressed musician things that's totally what i was into you know and like i would see these I don't want to use the term older because now I'm that age, but, but I would see these older musicians cause I was gigging as a teenager and I would think, 
man, you know, they could do this there and they could fill this space and they could do this. And as I myself started to get older, I realized that there's certain musicians, even very accomplished musicians, who sound like they keep things very simple. But I think it's very easy to get blindsided by the technique stuff and then listen to those simple songs and think, oh, these guys aren't as good as those guys because these guys are thrashing at 200 BPM and these guys are playing three chords. But there's a maturity that happens, or at least it's happened to me. And, and talking to you on the, the, the times we have, I know it's happened to you as well. It's like, there's definitely a maturity that happens where you start to understand that, like you say, I don't want to use the term less is more, but, but less is more. And uh, if you look at the, the really timeless records, there's a reason why they're timeless. I mean, the fact that everybody can sing the guitar solo from Hotel California versus many other songs by guitarists who Joe Walsh would probably think are just highly accomplished, it's, it says a lot about how people listen and relate to music, you know? Yes, yeah. Um, so tell me, uh, a bit of a tough one, but let's try and cover a couple sort of whether you want to call them mistakes or learning curves uh, that you've maybe experienced as both a sort of gigging musician and then as a producer slash songwriter. What are some of the things you've maybe done and then afterwards thought, ah, shit, or, or maybe you didn't even think that, but you, you learned along the way that, okay, I can do this better because of A, B, and C or I need to learn from that lesson to not do this or not do that? Man, I'd know just what the answer is. There's a lot of them that I guess I could, I could mention, but I think probably one of the most important is uh, relationships, you know, having relationships uh, and what the quality of the relationship is and what the motive is for recording professional uh, released music. And, and so what I mean by that is, um, you know, I guess you probably see it more in, more in like bar gigs, you know, or clubs and things like that. Um, the motive for being there, uh, the general consensus across the board of the musicians that are playing these gigs, the motive for being there most times seems to be, and I could be wrong, but most times in everything I've seen, seems to be to kind of make a buck and jam a little bit. And that's really polar opposite to, you know, making records um, that is a snapshot, one snapshot of the songs being played, you know, um, the motive, you know, I think the motive behind uh, recording, you know, music, uh, like I say, uh, across, across the board of who's involved has to be right because you know if it's a jamming kind of record then everybody's going to be there to jam if it's a singer songwriter record it's going to be very much or should be very much about the lyrics and and the message and that kind of thing so i think one of the things that i i got wrong uh or in in my path of growth uh, i have recognized hindsight um is you know recording and making music and playing music with people that are there for all the same reason and then uh, all the same reason that i'm also there to do it is a, is a big thing um 
I have recorded a lot of music that has made money, you know, in terms of like royalties and playing shows and things like that. And really it's kind of like a casino. It's just a bunch of bells and whistles going off and it's high energy and it's just going. And even if you sell a lot of records and even if you sell a lot of merch and all that kinds of stuff, it's kind of what it is. And then there's James Taylor, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, you know, you go to a James Taylor concert or listen to the record, you know, I guess it's kind of parallel to some things I've already said, but you can tell that the motive, um, behind the making of the music that was made and that we li- we all listened to and have heard, um, is, you know, the motive is all the same. So I would definitely say one of the big things that, that, um, one of the big mistakes I made was having the wrong motives you know, climbing the ladder, so to speak. Oh, I should, you know, I should take this opportunity because this is going to put me in a, in a, a, a new pool of people. And then the music was not really reflective of anything other than that. Yeah. So kind of like manifesting, thinking what mm-hmm. you want, being clear about it, and I guess trying to manifest it until it happens versus getting sidetracked and taking all these different side streets instead of just trying to work towards your destination, right? Yeah, you know, I I told my daughter, you know, and I'm still telling her, you know, at the age of uh, 15, you know, like, what you practice is what you get good at. Yeah. And so, you know, if someone practices lying, they get good at it. Somebody practices guitar, they get good at it. If someone practices, you know, a, a healthy focus, they get good at it. Yeah. What's what's that? What's that? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. There's that that famous saying. I can't remember who who said it, but um, results come where energy goes, or something like that. Yeah, you know. Totally. So, and it's 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 totally true. I mean, again, you and I have had many discussions about these kinds of things. So uh, let's let's sort of take a, a bit of a diversion here for a second. Um, you've used the word monetize a couple times, and obviously. A big part about being a musician is, you know, making money. It's not just all about sitting in a bar with your friends, drinking beer all night, like a lot of people seem to think. So what advice could you give listeners, um, especially up and coming ones who are maybe trying to turn this into a profession about money? You know, what, what, I know that's a, a real broad subject, but I personally believe there is money in this industry even though people seem to constantly tell me that there's not. I've, uh, I've never done anything else. Uh, this is how I live. This is how I make my living. I've owned houses and businesses. I've got cars. I've, I'm not a millionaire, but I live comfortably, and I feel very blessed to do so. So I know that guys like you um, also diversify and do a few other things. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that still during the, this chat. but. What, uh, what money advice could you give young musicians? And I don't mean that from an age perspective. I mean, musicians who are new to this and they're trying to figure out how to handle money. Well, you know, I think the general rule is um, obviously don't spend more than you, you make. You know, I think anyone could say that. That's just math. But, um, <coughs> you know, I think that's an interesting question because I sort of did things a little different um, than 
um, than a, a lot of musicians have done. And it doesn't make me any more, you know, special or anything like that. But I think because of, you know, time, you sort of learn lessons, <laughs> you know, you, you learn lessons about, okay, so I need to do, um, I need to do something for money. This is what I need to make, you know, to, to stay alive. And what, what that really equates to is, what is it that I can do that helps me stay focused? Really? I have to focus on eating, having a roof over my head, you know, having clothes to wear all these things. And then I also have to keep in my focus of making music that I want to make and grow in that. And I think that, you know, um, I think that, you know, playing in clubs, there's nothing wrong with it, you know, at all. I mean, I've played in a whole lot of them. Um, and, and I think that, uh, you know, speaking about what I did a little differently was to get passive incomes, you know, something outside of that. And, and, and I also realized at one point that me working on a serious professional career in music, uh, like I've talked about, uh, the artist I've recently recorded with Troy Perkle, you know, um, you know, quitting playing the bar gigs and the club gigs because they didn't fill them up. Well, that may be different for someone else, you know. And so I think that I think that, you know, it's a it's kind of a kind of a deep subject to get off in because, um, you know, the, the things that I make money with outside of music are completely on music, completely unrelated to music, you know and 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 that kind of thing and so you know like i find it very hard to it, the thought of playing playing in clubs or even touring at, at times uh really brings me to the point of what am i spending time on you know i'm spending time on i gotta go here and 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 be here for this time and fly here and go play these gigs and you know, playing for, for other artists and, and things like that. Um, yeah, that pays the bills and, and whatever size paycheck comes from that, you know, is what it is, but not everybody has that situation, uh, or, you know, um, and that kind of thing. So I would think that as far as money goes, it's very smart to look at all the wonderful opportunities this world currently and has for a long time and will continue to have offers you uh you know a way to make uh make money outside of making music because you know um i've been a general contractor in the state of tennessee i'm not doing any of the work but you know i'm kind of the guy responsible for it since probably 2012 somewhere in there wow. um and and so you know i've done i'm a hands-on guy I've, I've built custom guitars for a living you know professionally uh, for an international audience of that, you know, buyers and, and that kind of thing, working for a company. And and that was close to music, but it wasn't really music. It was making musical instruments. So that kind of that kind of taught me I can do something outside of music that that is uh, fulfilling, but it but it also, um, you know, also pays the bills inadvertently. It helped me to focus on the music I really wanted to make. Yeah. And I think it's really important to figure out, um, kind of have that talk with yourself. Hey, look, you know, nothing in life comes for free and you have to work at, at, at everything, you know, again, you know, you practice doing something, you get good at it, whatever it is, it could be good or bad. 
but I think that um, I think that you know money for me has really been tied heavily to okay, so I have a financial need, but I also have a need to stay focused on music that you know really fills me up and makes me feel like um, um uh, you know lets me know I'm gonna know whether or not it's it's moving the needle or not, you know, and you can do that professionally in the music business and that kind of thing. But I can't really think of too many professional session players in uh, Nashville or LA or whatever. Um, I can't really think of too many that, that don't have some type of other, other passive income. I mean, that could be in the form of, you know, being a gearhead and, and knowing knowing drums, you know, round batch Gretsch drums from the fifties all the way to guitar players and guitar amps and guitars and all this kind of stuff. There's kind of a constant trade and flip and, and that kind of thing. But there's something monetary that comes from that. None of that's playing music. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just the skill you, know, you pick up along the way. If, if you, pay so you pick up along the way. Yeah. And, and so really I think the, the subject of money as a musician is, is monetizing something that you're interested in and, I mean, I could be interested in golf all day long and I could go on to be a multi-billionaire as a golf golfer. But if that's if that's not something I'm going to pour my whole life into, you know, being a golfer is kind of like being a musician. You kind of have to put, you know, put effort into that and, and it becomes a big part of your life. So, you know, I mean, look at, um, you know, I mean, look at look at how many uh uh, great actors and actresses that are singers as well. It's still art yeah. that they're doing. They're monetizing with art. I didn't do that. I, I monetized, you know, my time with things other than art so that I could stay focused on it. So I don't think there's any real wrong way, you know, to do it. Uh, but it, I just always look at, um, um, you know, actors and, and actresses that are singers as well. And it's like, they're known most for their acting, but they totally have like pro bands and they're going out playing shows and that kind of stuff. It's what they spent their time, you know, that's what they spend their time on making art. And, and just because they're known for one thing does not mean they don't have the other. And I think being okay with the fact that you are a whole person filled with many desires and, working on all of the desires and having, having a sort of a plan to do so in front of you is really key. You know, uh, I have a need to make things with wood or metal or whatever, you know, and I've figured out a way to monetize that, whether it be building guitars, very close to music, music industry, players, all that kinds of stuff, making sounds. I've also been a, you know, a good, contracting thing that's just my needs so i think there's i think that there is uh there's something behind that you know as far as as far as you know money goes if you are not paying your bills get a job because yeah. that's because that is going to uh that's going to allow you to be able to focus on things that you want to focus on and that's completely fine and quite frankly, I would even be as forward as to say, if you're not doing that, you're going the wrong direction. Yeah, it's okay, it's fine. You know, we we are we are humans and artists first. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, so we were talking a little bit before we hit record, and I was sort of saying to you that, like, it's a 
a bit of an occurrence or reoccurrence with me that um, some of my part-time musician friends will sometimes phone me. It's, it's typically around the beginning of the, the, the new year each year. And they'll be like, hey, bro, like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit the job, man. I'm going to quit the job and I'm going to do the, the full-time music thing, you know. And great, like, listen, if that's what you want to do, by all means, I, I'm a big believer in following your heart. I mean, that's pretty much what this whole discussion has been about. But yeah, I think some guys, you know, they, they, they put their energy in the wrong place, again, which we've seemed to repeat a couple of times during this conversation. But having a job and working as what many people call a weekend warrior is not a bad thing. Uh, I, I mean... I've known guys who've done it and they've lived really well. Um, yeah. And they get yeah. to like, you know, they kind of get to let loose or put their hair down, if you want to use that phrase, um, during those weekend gigs or that odd week gig that they do. And, you know, they, I mean, they usually have really good gear because their, their job, their day job pays for it. And I yeah. think a lot of people have this mindset that, oh, if I'm not doing this 24 hours a day, uh, I'm, a, I'm a failure. But, you know, one thing that I keep sort of reiterating in, in these conversations is you don't have to be a, 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 a rich and famous musician to have a career, you know. Um, you can do this in many different shapes and form, you know. So I, I, I think just exploring the, the different possibilities of oneself is is a great thing, you know, and also yeah. you might learn something about yourself that you didn't know, you know, you could have been yeah. really good at, I don't know, uh, let's use something random, baking cakes, but you've yeah. never taken the time to bake the cake because you're so focused on this. It's, it, it could be, you could find things out about yourself that maybe you've never learned, you know? You know, that brings me back to something I was saying earlier about motive during a recording process. And that was one thing I got wrong. Um, I, I would, I would very easily venture out and say that that is, unless that, unless it is the motive to just pair, you know, um, a crossroads type of thing, meaning you've got, you know, John Mayer and Brad Paisley there. There was a series, I think CMT, or I couldn't have that wrong, was putting on for a while and it was called Crossroads. And so you have one guy from one great musician and artist from one genre um, and they pair them with another genre and they do a show or they do a recording or whatever. And they play each other, one of each other's songs back to back uh, one after the other show and that kind of thing and and i i i totally believe that there is two elements there and that is uh you know every one of those that i saw i can't see where as far as the artists that were playing i i can't see where where they both were not enjoying that but initially when those things are put together it is a, kind of the wow factor that is trying to be sold so if you are not John Mayer and Brad Paisley and already have these musical careers going, then spending time on doing that sort of thing, you know, just kind of stuffing something into a box. If you don't have that thing already worked out and, and, you know, uh, then it probably wouldn't be the same really in a way, unless that's something you just really enjoy doing. But um, like I say, I mean, 
you know, um, I don't know, you know, I mean, I think that, I think that if you can, uh, if you can really kind of get an idea of what it is that you want to be, I tell my daughter, uh, another thing I tell my daughter is, you know, you have to know where point A is to even begin to plan for point B because it's going to take some, some strategic planning to get there. That could be financially, that could be time that you're spending, you know, uh, geographics, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, that, you know, you know, kind of soaking in that whole thought is, man, you know, I really have to spend time on point A. I am a human being first. Yeah. I'm an artist. You yeah. know, uh, this is the, the, the desire, the point, point A of the desire is to expound on my artistry and that kind of thing. So realistically, what does it take to do that? You know, and, um, in the last couple of years, uh, that custom guitar company I was mentioning that I that I built guitars at at a young age, um, I was in position to actually buy the company and started the process on that. And uh, and so in that, I had some meetings with um, you know the the loan officer and that kind of thing. And and um, they were talking about and it was grant driven actually, uh, USDA rural development, and that was. Uh, well, you know, the conversation I had with the director herself um, was really interesting because I, she was, you know, talking about, um, you know, being dedicated to to what it is that you're doing and 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 all that kind of thing and and uh, and and knowing what it is that you really want to go for because there has to be a, an official business plan that makes the yes or no that we're going to, you know, give you this grant or not happen. And so, of course, they gave me all the resources to go down the road on that and say, if a business plan comes from these this particular uh, person and they've checked off on it, that I will check off on it. And so what that meant was, and long, you know, long short of that is I go and say, these are my desires. I would like to own this company. I would like to grow it. Uh, I'm not really sure how far I can grow this company, you know, and, and really how much I can do. But these are some of the bullet points of things I want to do. And then I had to sit there and listen and agree to do it in the plan that they put before me. If you just do it this way from point A to point B, we can approve that. And I thought that was really interesting on a personal level because in the end, if you are just wanting to play music to be rich and famous – probably not going to go that well yeah. you just play music and making music to to be seen or or to just jam with people and climb some sort of a ladder probably not going to go that well yeah so there's something really behind to me there's something really behind not covering it up but you have to know what you're not going to cover up in the first place yeah. So you know, being in love with music, if you just like the way it, it, it feels to sit behind a drum set and hit drums and make sounds and that kind of stuff, man, you know, great. Um, and but but if you want to share your music, you know, with people so that they understand the message that you are trying to put out, that means you kind of have to have a message. Yeah. So that's a that's a big thing. You know, you know, I mean, songwriters don't really have a problem with that. They're pretty sure they know they know what it is they want to share with some with with people and and all of them like it, 
yeah. you know, it's harder for for a musician in some ways because where's where's your distribution for your product? Somebody else's gig, playing somebody else's songs, you know. So your motive for being in a group of people making music, you know, um, and and playing songs and and monetizing that uh, is it can go well on the monetary end of it, but it's going to get old and it's going to become a job. And then job. now you're bring up what it is that you have inside of you that you really want to do. So learning how to come up with point a, so you can get to whatever point B it is that you're wanting to be is, uh, is a huge thing. Totally. So, uh, Wiz, we're going to start wrapping up here, dude. Um, I just want to kind of, uh, query just a couple things here real quick. So, I mean, again, there's so much more to you than we can talk about in give or take an hour. Where can people get hold of you if they looking to maybe cut a record with you or, or, or sort of maybe do some demos or some writing or if they just want to get hold of you and ask a question, what's the best place for them to find you? Man, I'm, I'm fairly simple. You know, um, I have a, you know, email address, black note group at outlook.com b-l-a-c-k-n-o-t-e-g-r-o-u-p at outlook.com and i'm always always open to uh to hear new music and ideas and requests and you know um whatever i can do to be helpful to whatever musical uh you know music uh community i'm always game for that um and uh you know uh, management you know, looks through those emails and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, to be precise, you know, what it is you're looking to do, you know, I'm, I'm fairly open to those things. So cool. that would be a great place. Cool. And then my, my last two questions for you, really. Uh, the, this one's a, a little bit different to everything we spoke about before, but let's put the, the, the listener in the situation where they are a club musician. Um, and they want to try and up their game. You know, maybe they're trying to get to a higher level of gigs or maybe just get better gigs or even just monetize their own gigs that they're currently on more. Um, I know you you hit the road with Peyton Smith every now and then. Um, so that's obviously a much higher level of gig than, say, your typical bar. Um, so what advice would you give them on trying to take that step to get to either those gigs or in the interim, better the gigs that they're currently doing to maybe just look like a more unified business, shall we say? Uh, I would definitely say, you know, um, you know, if you are hanging around and, uh, and, and spending your time around, um, you know, the pool of people that you have been uh, currently hanging around, and spending the time and, and if, if nothing is being aware of what is moving and what is not, you know? And so, you know, if you hang around the club scene, you're guaranteed to probably get, you know, more club gigs. If you hang around the professional scene, you know, then you, you're going to have more opportunities there. And so that sort of brings me to relationships really um, to be able to gain relationships with people uh, obviously takes a great deal of cooth and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. But I think speaking up, you know, for yourself, Hey, look, I'm confident in what I do. Uh, I'm interested in this, make your interest known, you know, and, 
and be recording, you know, um, to tell someone, Hey, listen, you know, I'm interested in being more in a position of where you are, you know, that, that other person is touring and playing stadiums at 40 and 50,000 people and all this kind of stuff. And that's something that I desire to do. That is sort of just, just letting a desire be known, which has to happen. But to have some type of a business card, you know, you have to be doing, it's like, what are you doing between gigs? If you play three days a week and they're clumped up on the weekend, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever it is, you know, uh, if you're a weekend guy and that's when your gigs are happening, it's very important to focus on what it is that you're doing in between those gigs to move the needle for your career. And so, you know, some of those things could be, you know, uh, to record yourself playing, even if it's recording yourself playing there, you know, on those gigs, that's cool. But, you know, I would say recording as much as you can. And, uh, and if you're not recording to get in a situation of recording, because it's kind of like a business card, a musician can't really hand a business card to, to, uh, you know, a tour manager and say, Hey, yeah, if you ever need a drummer, if you ever need a bass player or whatever it is, you know, and say, you know, give me a call. Well, they have really nothing to go off of. So I think some type of, uh, it doesn't have to be overly some promo pack where, you know, you're slinging sticks, twirling sticks and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, giving yourself the opportunity to be seen and be heard uh, on any level on the regular is probably very key because, you know, I'm a fairly open-minded musician um, and music maker. If someone says, hey, I want you to take a listen to this, I don't know the person, I'm most likely going to sit there and listen to it, whereas other people aren't because they kind of are on a track to know what is successful and what is not for what they're already doing. So I would definitely say, you know, if you're not recording, making a business card, so to speak, you know, um, or whether it be recording in a studio in your house um, or recording the gigs that you're playing, I would say that if you're not doing those things, that would probably be a good idea, you know, so have something to put out there in front of you. Um, No one knows how well you play regardless to how well the conversation went yeah it's great advice man yeah well dude thank you so much for your time man man thanks for the opportunity it's always a uh, uh, always a great time to play music with you and uh appreciate the uh appreciate the call hey i feel exactly the same dude and uh you know again we'll probably do it again sometime because i mean yeah. you and i've had so many discussions we didn't I feel like we barely touched the surface, you know, so. Yeah. And I've had, I've had so much coffee. I, I probably rabbit trail a little bit, but you know, hopefully some of the things I said rang, rang home for someone. Oh dude, totally. And, and, you know, again, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but the whole goal here is even if a listener can take one thing from it, Absolutely. mission accomplished, you know? Yeah, certainly. Well, Wiz, thanks buddy. I appreciate thanks. you, man. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah. Bye. There we have it. Mr. Wes Walker, everybody. Uh, make sure you reach out to him if you've ever got any production queries or songwriting queries. Or if you want to just talk music, he's really down to earth about that sort of stuff. Uh, my name's Travis Mark. You can find out more about me at travismark.com. Or just check out musicians-mentor.com. I truly hope you guys are getting something from this. And uh, again, feel free to leave us a comment, a criticism, a question, 
a share, a save, a like, or whatever, a follow. We appreciate it all. Um, I know I say it every week, but the whole idea behind this is truly not for any sort of financial gain. I'm just trying to help musicians, man, um, because this industry's been wonderful to me, and um, I'm a big believer that it could be wonderful to you too. So until next time, my name is Travis Mark. You've been listening to The Musician's Mentor. If you know anybody who you think would benefit from hearing this, please share it with them. I appreciate you. Have a great day. Keep pushing towards your dreams. Laters.